From his dress, a tweed suit and waistcoat somewhat rumpled, a white collar which had sprung loose at one side, a tie of dark blue silk carelessly knotted, and a certain humorous glint in his eye, you might have taken him for an artist. But there was an air of authority about him, of a man accustomed to being obeyed. He looked somewhere between forty and fifty, not especially tall, but broad-shouldered and trim. His eyes were pale blue, accentuating the blackness of the pupils, deep-set and piercing beneath heavy brows, with dark pouches beneath. His nose, strong and aquiline and straight as a blade, the nostrils flared above chiselled lips. A long, lean face, clean-shaven except for a fringe of side-whiskers, tapering down to a creased, prominent chin. He stood silent, surveying me appraisingly. "'Where am I?' I said again. Who are you? Why am I here? A gleam of satisfaction showed in his eyes. Do you mean you don't know? I see you do not. This is most inter... that is to say, most distressing for you. Forgive me. My name is Maynard Straker, and I am the superintendent and chief medical officer here at Tregannan House, on Bodmin Moor in Cornwall he added, seeing that my bewilderment had not lessened. "'Have no fear, Miss Ashton. I am entirely at your sir—' He stopped short at the expression on my face. "'Sir, my name is not Ashton. I am Miss Ferrers, Georgina Ferrers. I live in London with my uncle. There has been a terrible mistake.' "'I see,' he said calmly. "'Well, never fear. Let me order you some toast and tea.' and we shall talk it all through in comfort. But, sir, I should not be here. Please, I wish to go home at once. All in good time, Miss Ferrers, if you prefer. The first thing you must understand is that you have been very ill. I know, he held up his hand to silence me, I know you do not remember. That is a consequence of your illness. Now, please... First, you must allow me to examine you, and then I shall explain what has happened to you. Such was the force of his personality, that I waited in silence, whilst he murmured instructions to someone outside the door. He took my pulse, listened to my heartbeat, tested my reflexes, and seemed quite satisfied with the result. Then he settled himself on the wooden chair, so that he was facing me directly. You arrived here yesterday morning, without notice, which is most unusual. You gave your name as Lucy Ashton, and said that you wished to consult me on an urgent and confidential matter. As I was away on business, the maid referred you to my assistant, Mr. Mordaunt. You were, he says, in an agitated state, though striving to conceal your distress. He explained that I would not be back until the evening, and that you would therefore have to stay here overnight.' and register as a voluntary patient in order to see me, and to this you very reluctantly agreed. You would not admit to any disturbance of mind, only to extreme fatigue, and, after giving him a few cursory details, asked if you might complete the admission forms later. Mr. Mordaunt found you a room in the voluntary wing, and left you there, assuming you would rest. But several times that afternoon— he saw you walking about the grounds in what he described—my assistant is something of a poet—as a trance of desolation. 
I returned at about nine o'clock, and, upon hearing Mr. Mordaunt's account of you, called briefly at your room to arrange an appointment for this morning. I had too many calls upon my time to speak to you last night. You were plainly in a state of extreme nervous exhaustion, but again you refused to concede anything beyond fatigue. I naturally ordered you a sedative, which you promised to take, though I fear you did not. Voluntary patients are I should say, under no compulsion to accept any particular treatment here. So long as they pose no danger to themselves or others, they are free to do as they wish. It is part of our philosophy. Early this morning you were found unconscious on the path behind this building. You must have slipped out without anyone noticing. It was evident to me that you had suffered a seizure, which, though rare, is not unheard of in cases such as yours— where extreme mental agitation induces something like an epileptic...